0: Right, um, if you could turn to Deuteronomy uh, and chapter 6, we're looking mostly at verses 1 to 9, but we'll probably read the whole chapter. Now this is the commandment, for statutes and for rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God... You and your son and your son's son, by keeping his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that you may be, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel: the Lord thy God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down. And when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be on the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them down on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you with a great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It's the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go to any other gods, the gods are For gods of the people around you, for the Lord your God is in your midst. He is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa. You shall diligently keep his commandments. And his testimonies and his statutes, which he commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go take possession of good land before you, as the Lord promised. When your son asks in time come, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, When Pharaoh... When we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, the Lord showed us signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that he might bring us and give us land that he swore us, and to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all the statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive. As we are this day, and that it might be righteousness for us, if we are careful to do all the commandment before the Lord our God, as He has commanded us. All right, the context of this book is um, that historically, for people who travelled through the land, through the wilderness for forty years, and they're just camped beside the Jordan, about to cross over into the promised land. Uh, This is Moses' final address to the people of Israel before he'll go up the mountain and die. Because God has said to him, you won't pass into the land. So this is, if you like, Moses' summary of his whole teaching to the people. Um, And as far as uh, the book is concerned, we're still fairly much in the introduction. And this is a great section of the book that shows us why the people should obey God and why they should want to keep his law. Um, so I'm going to divide this section into three, um, and I'll go with verses 4, 5, and 6 for my three points, which are, Hear, O Israel, the Lord I God, the Lord is one. And then, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And then, Put these words upon your heart. Um, so starting off, um, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, the Lord is one. Um, from what God has done already and from this passage, we see that God is great above all the other gods. He has already saved his people. And if we read back in the chapters 1 to 5, we'd see all that God has done in saving the people from Egypt uh, And, sorry, I lost my place. Um, If we read further on after this, we'd also see that God has promised for people great things. He has said, if you obey me, I will take you into the land. And if we read on to the next book, we would see for people going into the land he has promised them. And we'd see the great things God will do for his people and that he has promised them. So they have reason to see that he is God above all gods. They've seen the great things he did. They were at Mount Sinai. They saw the giving of the law. They saw the pillar of fire and they crossed over the Red Sea. They've seen God do great things. If we read back into chapter 4, we'd see that God says, I am God above all the other gods. Uh, It might be helpful to do that. Um, If you turn to chapter 4 and verses... Um, 32, it says, For ask now of days past which were before you since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other whether such a great thing like this has ever happened or ever heard of. Did any other people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any other God attempted to take a nation for himself out of the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, and by all which, you saw, which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God, for is none beside him. Out of heaven he let you hear his voice, that he, did not, that he might discipline you on the earth. He let you see his great fire and the... And you heard the words out of the midst of the fire, and because he loved your fathers, he chose you as an offspring after them, uh, and brought you out of Egypt for his, with his own presence and power, driving out before you nations greater and mightier than yourselves, to bring you in and give you their land as an inheritance, as it is this day. Know, therefore, and lay it to your heart, that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth beneath there is no other. Therefore, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and it may prolong your days in the land the Lord is giving you to his, uh, for all time. Um, there are three points here where um, Moses com- uh, compares God to the gods of Egypt that the Israelites were known. Um, he says in verse 33 that these other gods can't speak. God's the only God who speaks to his people. Uh, Then he says in verse 34, they can't save. He mocks the other gods, saying which other other gods has ever tried to save themselves, the people. And he says, um, if we look at verse 15, these other gods are created, but verse thirty four says that god verse thirty two says that God created all things. God is for God alone, above all other gods. He is for God who created us, not like the other gods who we 've created. Um, he is for God who is able to save, unlike the other gods that are unable to save um, And if we went through this whole section, we would see that there is a lot to do with idolatry and false gods. So I'd like to look at that for a minute. um, Because it's a real issue for us today. It might not seem like it, because when we think of an idol, we often think of a little statue. Uh, But idolatry is not just worshipping something that we've made physically, idolatry is worshipping anything other than God and because God made us to be worshippers, to worship him we naturally try and find something to worship and if it's not God we'll worship something that God has made but here Moses says to the people, these gods are rubbish, they can't save you and compared to our great God who is one what a waste of time they are so, um, there's more problems with idolatry in that they can't satisfy you as our God satisfies. Um, if we look to the New Testament, Jesus says, come to me, all who are thirsty, and let him drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Come to think of it. But the false gods we make are gods we have to feed. They're gods we've made. They're gods that take from us and drain us as strength. They're gods that can't help us because they were never made to be able to take that strain. Um, It's the reason we see so much trouble with uh, relationships, for instance, uh, and why things like the divorce rate is so high in our country, because people naturally worship something, and if they worship the wrong thing, they'll put stress on that thing that it can't take, whereas if we put the stress on God, he is able to take it. Jesus is infinite. He is able to take it the strain we put on him. Whereas these gods cannot save, they cannot help us. They're created things, not creator. But God made all things. He's for one who's powerful and infinite. Every good thing is a gift from God. And all that is good is from God. Um, that is why... For here it says, he is one. He is one above all the other gods. He is the only God. We are an image of him. He is not an image of us. That's why we should worship him. Moving on to point two. Um, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Um, here we got to see that there's a great cost to following God and if we looked to the New Testament we'd see um, Luke 14 um, and Jesus seeing the great crowds that accompanied him turned and said to them if anyone comes after me and does not hate his own father or mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple Um, so though In God, we have this fountain of life that is free, a gift from him. He asks of us a love that is so great, it will seem as if when given the choice between loving God or loving created things, that we actually hate these things. It's not that we do hate these things, because the things listed here are brothers, sisters, wife, mother, father, those are not things we hate, those are things we love. But compared to our love for God, these things of God be nothing to us. And that's got to show in our decisions we make that when it's a decision living for ourselves, living for things we love on earth, or living for God, we've got to live for God. And therein is true joy. Because in the love of God, there is this well of life, that we've seen from the uh, first point. And this is also how we learn to obey God. We don't obey God because of rules that he has done, given us, and um, punishment that he is threatening us with. But we obey him because of what he has done for us. If we think back that... Um, he has is promised Israel great things. He has promised from a land flowing with milk and honey, a land where their cities they have not built and uh, houses they have not filled, that he is going to give to them. He's going to be the one who drives out their enemies. He has promised them great things. And he says, um, Because of this, love me. And because you love me, obey me. Um, And if they had reason to love God, we surely have more reason because of Jesus that um, as God had saved his people from Israel, God has saved us from sin in the same way. Um, And because of that, we are his sons and we're um, adopted into his family, able to live for him. He's um, given us all that we need to do that, and He has also promised us that one day we will see His face, and one day we'll be with Him in a land that is far better than the land He promised to His people, Israel. And it's also the answer here to idolatry, because if we give to God all our heart we'll have no heart left to give to idols. If we give God all our love, we'll have no love to give to idols. If we give God all our soul, we'll have nothing left there to waste on idolatry. And if we spend all our strength on God, we will not waste our strength running after idols that cannot satisfy us. But here we also learn something about the character of God, that God is one, but also that God obeys this Himself. When Jesus came to the earth, He lived His whole life, <coughs> loving God with all His heart, with all His soul, and with all His might. And because of this, He is for one man who has um, lived the perfect life, he is for one man who is righteous. And verse 25 of chapter six says, "If you keep this commandment, it shall be righteousness for you." So Jesus is for one who is righteous. And though we failed to keep this commandment, none of us—none of us has. I need more to drink. None of us have. Loved God with all our heart or with all our soul or with all our strength. None of us have kept away completely from idolatry. None of us have uh, followed God as we should have. None of us have loved God as we should have. But Jesus did. He lived the perfect life. And because he did this for us, Well, because he did this, he should have been, for one, raised up in heaven. He should have been praised. He should have been seen as righteous before God. But instead, he was punished. And he was treated as if he had failed to love God for his heart, as if he had hated God with all his strength and with all his soul. And because he took that punishment for us, he gave it his righteousness to us and we're treated as if we lived the life that he lived and we're treated by God as if we're righteous. Mm -hmm. The third point is um, that Moses says to the people, put these words upon your heart and how are we going to grow in love for God? Well, first it's by reading His word, as we spend time with people, we know that the more time you spend with someone talking to them, the closer you'll get. The more um, you spend time, the more you'll want to. And it's the same with God. If we spend time reading His word, we'll discover that um, He is wonderful and He is great. I thought before I started this, it'd be a good idea if I read Deuteronomy through. And I got, I looked at it and it's 34 or something chapters. I thought, that's madness. Um, I'm not a quick reader. But by the end, I got to the last chapter and I wanted to keep reading. Um, Because God's Word is wonderful and from it we learn so much about God. And we might think that so much of this law is just law that doesn't apply to us, but it's God's Word and it's wonderful. It's how we learn about God's character, about God's grace to us. So if you want to know more of God, don't, you're not going to find it from watching TV. You're not going to find it from reading books. You're not even going to find it all as well from reading Christian books or listening to sermons, but reading the words is the key thing reading God's own words about himself because this is what is God's perfect word also if we love God we will want to read his word Um, and there's great value in memorizing it not just reading it and forgetting what you've read but if we read through the Bible we'd see countless occasions where uh, people have memorised scripture and it's of great value to them I was going to try and encourage you to do this by reciting something I'd learnt but this is a great failing of mine (laughs) and I learnt 8 verses in about 10 hours and I still get them wrong So (laughs) so I won't do that But this, this is important that we get this and that we spend our time looking to God, not looking to the things of the world. Because as we spend time in the world, we will become attached to it. And it's not wrong to spend this time there, but it would be better spent studying, better spent looking to God better spent there enjoying him and you'll find it's time well spent and um, I've really enjoyed studying for this and learning about this and I wish it was something I did all the time instead of only when I had to <laughs> um, <laughs> But also, because we're on a mission, um, if we get distracted by things that are unhelpful, it will take us strength that we would give to God. If we get distracted by the world and make idols of things we should not make idols of, we'll forget to live for God. And... Idolatry will kill mission, it will kill our p- passion for God, it will kill our sense of what is right and wrong, and it will kill our compassion for the lost. Because if we idolize what they idolize, we'll envy them, we won't see the eternal perspective. And studying this, I. Um, had moments where it's just been bizarre things I would normally not um, think twice about. They just look worthless compared to God, um, and people are lost without God. There's no real hope in the world without God. God is for one thing that is great. He is for one. Uh, God that will not fail us he's the one that is worth having and that's because he is the God who created all things he is the God who is marvellous beyond every other thing he is he's not like creation because creation is a reflection of him he is for one that can fill us. And that's our message to the world. It's not, it's not a message of another religion. It's the message of the actual way to be satisfied, the way to know God uh, and salvation from the passing life that will end in uh, condemnation from God. For idolatry, if we read on, we would see that God promises great, awful wrath to those who disobey Him, but great grace to those who obey Him. And that's our message. It's It's one of warning, but it's one of great joy. But we must keep ourselves for God from idols or we'll li- lose our passion for him. Uh, John, John, in his book, um, First John, thinks is so important, that it's his last word. He says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we may, that we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is for true God and eternal life. He ends, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because we're in God, we're in his son. He is for one worth worshipping. So we are to love God for all our heart, with all our soul and with all our strength, for all that has done for us. I think that's about it.